Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings and welcome in on a, what is it, Thursday? Thursday morning, October 20th, 2022. We're warming up again. 41 degrees in the capital city. No more record lows for the time being. And uh, back into the the 70s today before we have a little streak, a little three-day 80s streak starting Friday, Saturday, going into Sunday as well. We're about 15 degrees, uh, 20, oh, we were at 16 yesterday. So that'll be about 25 degrees warmer this morning. Yep. Yeah, we are. It's nice out there. It's nice out there this morning and should be a really a really solid day out there today. Potential top 10 day. We'll see. We'll see if we keep that wind down. And it looks like we will. It should be pretty great today. I uh, got a good show for you today, too. Uh, top 10 show, maybe, today. Mm. That's putting a lot of pressure on. And there's no real specific reason <laughs> I even said that. Wow. Gee, I was like, there's no special, like, A list guest. Um, oh, I know. This is not how you market a radio show. Bro Lincoln's show. got some good stuff on there. Bro Lincoln. Yep. Gen X, it's he a, wants to wants to uh, step out true. of the, step out of the shadows and that's true. Well, what, what's the what's the uh, we do have our record? season finale of Generation Collaboration today at eight ten for Ticket Thursday uh, on the line for the prizes today. We got like a couple of things people can pick from, don't we? Yeah, so we've got two tickets to DC's Reflecting Fools. That's at the lead center, tonight, that's, uh, right? that's tonight. Okay. By the way, this is at 710, isn't it? It's a comment. Yeah, uh, 710. What did I say? 810. Oh, yeah, for the East Coast. Yeah, yeah 710. For our listeners, yeah. it depends I mean, at all. Yeah, I just, Every time I ever say on the show, depends what time zone you're listening from. <laughs> I mean, I, you just got to know that. Um, and then our other prize someone can pick from, two tickets to Chicago at the lead center. Not the city. That's coming up on Tuesday. The musical, not the city. Correct. It's, it's going to be a great show. Be a very good show, um, yeah. So it's it, so we're gonna put put this game back on the shelf again, probably until twenty twenty three. I would imagine, um, and the season finale. And once again, it's because the game barely works anymore. Let's be honest. I mean, all it is 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 Caleb winning with Asterisk James a couple of times, barely plays it, wins a few times, and the Z's, and then crashing. we got the Z's never winning. Just Can the, we? the f- polar opposite and they want another i don't know at least mcmaster wants another shot today if we have time we'll give it to him here's the thing with the z's will they even get a single question right this season be amazing it's not whether or not they're so bad they get the whole card and the extra point so i don't know can they get a single single question question. i I mean i could bring johnny back to help him i don't know if it matters though at this point (laughs) it does any of it (laughs) uh and and then uh, boomer shouldn't laugh too hard because they're three and twelve um Just hush. And then there's Jenna. I enjoy I could your get, participation, Boomer. I could get at or over 500 today with the Gen Xers. Yeah. So that'd be that'd be good. And really, by volume of games, probably the most impressive performance you just, you, of you, any of the You teams. all are forgetting. We've been around so long. There's just so much more stuff in our memory. It's just kind of hard to bring it back sometimes. That's fine. That's fine. I mean. I mean, it hasn't been I've that got, hard for me, but. I guess it's, still, yeah, it's but just got, a little bit shorter. I've got almost 30 years of additional stuff on you. That's true. So, uh, well, we're going to play at 710. Uh, we're going to settle the, settle the final standings here. We're going to give away some tickets to 
things at the lead center and uh we're gonna have a good time doing that and we're then we're all gonna laugh at the z's again uh probably <laughs> at least fi- we can unite with that to finish this all off <laughs> yeah. we will do that <laughs> hey I, I i missed this earlier in the week guys but um I was I was reading about it yesterday. Did you see that they're getting some uh, they're getting some kind of a, a grant, an affordable housing grant um, that and and they talked about this at the city council at the beginning of the week. But this is uh, actually uh, finally going to uh, apparently put them over the top and actually being able to tear Pershing down. No, I didn't Th- see that. This is uh, yeah. So the the legislature passed a bill this year, LB ten twenty four. Um, and it, it included some dollars that went to, uh, went to Lincoln. So there's, there's a grant for a, a pool of money and, and, uh, it's tied to, um, to, um, housing, to affordable housing projects. And so you can use it to demo buildings if you are going to replace it with affordable housing projects there. It's some percentage that, that goes into it. So, so uh, so the city council gave uh, urban development um the thumbs up to to go ahead and apply for grants to demolish not only Pershing but that old sweet 60s 70s looking police station uh on South 10th Street that you drive by and is is no longer oh, used no, 10th Street uh 233 South 10th Street you go right by it, like it's kind of by where P.O. Pairs used to be across the street okay. on the other side, yeah. over there. Uh, does it help? There's like three student housing uh, buildings around it. Does that narrow <laughs> it down for you? That, that basically like go to a Husker game and be like, "Hey, look for me. I'll be the one in red." Yeah, you know. Um, but no, they they. Uh, it's like this old Art Deco style. Like I kind of don't want to tear that one down. And I know it's not being used, and I know something else could go there. I'm sure, and the affordable housing is a good thing, but I feel like there's some like '70s cop show, some sort of Netflix series that could absolutely use that building, and really make it feel completely authentic if they do that, because that thing screams, that thing screams like 1971. Um, you know, police, police station, uh, one cop who sometimes takes things a little bit too far and, uh, uh, and he's got a partner that's very different than he is. And, and at one point they walk into the chief's office and he says, you've been a loose cannon for too long. Give me a badge and your gun. You're off the force. This is the idea I have for that. But anyway, I don't think they're going to do that. Sounds like they're going to try and get this money to tear it down. But yeah, the Pershing. Pershing thing might actually come down. I mean, like they rushed to get this mural off of this thing, yeah. <laughs> and now I have no place to put the mural. And now the building is still standing. And it was like, I mean, it's like okay, we really hurried to do a lot of stuff. Well, and, I mean, it's like really much ado about nothing. I wonder if they're still in the process of uh, the asbestos mitigation. Probably, but they. I mean, they've been needing they've been needing these dollars to actually to actually tear this thing down um and so and so it may it may actually happen in legit i mean do you do you remember when there were the the vote on the arena and all this stuff and it allowed allow the city to 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 repurpose pershing and and do all these things with it and here we are talking about that in like what 2011 i mean so long ago 
Didn't Pershing open, or uh, didn't uh, PBA open in 2013? So 2013, but yeah, but we were having those conversations like two, three years before that. And so you thought, you thought when you did that, you're like, okay, well, cool. By, you know, 20, what, 15, you should have, you should have it down. You should have a new project up and running there, you would think. Well, seven more years have passed (laughs) and it's still standing at that point, just without the, uh, so anyway, that might be the, the thing. of progress. The city's going to ask for $3.3 million to, uh, to tear both of those buildings down. I mean, that's going to take a ser- that is going to take a serious chunk of the 60s/70s-ness out of downtown Lincoln when they take those two yeah, buildings is. down. And I mean, all you need to you probably the only the, the third one is uh, once they don't use Bennett Martin anymore. That's the third one that would take that feel away because that that is definitely another place you still get that aura because yeah, gold's go to. gold's is pretty much down or yep. will be or mm-hmm. refurbished and mm-hmm. repurposed. Yeah, and that was uh, and and by the way, they were they've been trying to do something on that the that police station is not that different than Pershing for how long they've been trying to get something done there. They were they, they were going to do a bus transfer station and that didn't happen and then you know there's been there have been other plans there at this point and so now it's looks like looks like they'll get it torn down and then do an RFP for affordable housing projects there. And that's that was a part of the Pershing plan as it was. So anyway, so anyway, uh, but last chance if you're filming a a, a a Netflix period piece about I don't know what the, I don't know what the ultimate year is for those two buildings to seem like they're in the peak, but that outside of that that outside of that police office or uh, uh, police department building is just like I can just like see it right. You know how they do a, a shot of the building before a scene starts in a show? Like here's the outside building. I can just see it with that. I can thing see all the, the time. open open to the to the show a little bit. Yeah. Remember uh, Twilight Zone with Rod Serling? Yeah. I can see that with Tom Cassidy outside that building <laughs> doing an opening. A dramatic opening. Uh all right, what else do we have going this on? This is the city. What else do we have going this on this was morning? The building. What else do we have going on this morning, Mark? Uh, Husker sweep last night. Husker sweep. Just oh, dominance. Oh, my gosh. This is I, this is getting out of control, Caleb. No, no it isn't. It it's is perfect getting, control. I, you remember yesterday when I was talking to Baylor and, and you know, sort of, and, and you can be mad at me for this. That's fine. I probably deserve it. But I started to whine to Baylor that the games are getting a little too boring for my liking. Uh, now, that was the case in outcome again last night because... Uh, Caleb, I don't know what you thought, but like at at some point during that match, even before that third set, you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't think Purdue has it in them tonight. <laughs> even I mean, they weren't huge blowouts, but you just got that sense because because all of a sudden, you know, Becca Alec, who was at the begin, you know, beginning of the year, an inexperienced freshman who had a ton of potential and you know, good good size as a middle, kind of a, I, I don't know, it's probably fair to call her a bit of a role player inexperience some inconsistency serving uh bad news for the big 10 she's developed into a certified dream crusher now after last night she was she was ridiculously good last night and then that third set for those of you who who watch it or listen to our call from uh, john paler and lauren cook west on this thing it turned in. It almost turned into like a skills exhibition at some point, <laughs> like a dude perfect type. They just started uh, showing off. It was like a dude perfect Harlem Globetrotters type thing to it at some point with this. 
I mean, they ended the one. They ended the one side, and Alec had that shot. I don't know. I still don't quite know how she did it. Where she came down for a kill, and she sent it parallel to the net, to, to all the way down, right she's, in front of the she's line. She's actually hitting a negative angle. It was. I don't. I don't know how that was physically possible. What she did. They had ones where they were just basically going up into the stands. And and keep you know digging balls out and and passing around all over the place. They were putting down some just ridiculous kills in that third one too. A couple it's, of aces thrown in there, blocking everything. So next victim Saturday, October twenty second at Illinois. I'd like to try and tell you, hey, tune in because you never know what'll happen. But guess what? We all know what's going to happen. Did Baylor talk anything about the Nicaraguan economic uh, summary <laughs> like, like he said he would if, <laughs> I don't to know. keep you from being bored? Uh, he, uh, he may have. I missed it if he did, but he, he may have at some point. Hey, next Wednesday. That's, that's the one, right? That's the one when we get entertained. At Wisconsin. Yeah. Maybe, and here's the thing. maybe three to one. Here's the thing, though. If Nebraska blows the doors off of Wisconsin... That will be entertaining for me, no matter the score. That's true. That that will be yeah, that will be fun too. <laughs> By the way, that's an eight p.m. p.m. match, so I can't wait. Drink your co- drink your coffee. So get ready for me to just. Oh, they be. looked so good last night. It was just like that. It felt a ton like that Purdue match, especially that third set of that Purdue match. Well, in the the first set was like okay, things are staying pretty close. Let's see how it goes. Then I went oh, yeah, okay. Now it's just a matter of time. How how close can they keep it? <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 so, the, everything's so a formality dumb. after the it's first so set. It's so dumb. They're just just killing people, just killing people. Five straight sweeps, three of them over ranked opponents. Ten straight wins. They've won nine consecutive road matches. Right, right. And you and you do, you have Hames and in Cubic Q, who are playing you know big parts in this. But like beyond that, it is a ton of freshmen and sophomores, mm-hmm. Caleb. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, congrats to another big-slash-boring win for Nebraska. Oh, but if you were watching the scoreboard afterward, our friends from the from Burnt Orange Land, they got an L last night. So they will be out of number one yes. as Texas loses to Iowa State in Ames. I've got the Coliseum uh, was lit up last night. Got some sound from... Coach Cook was asked about it in post game. Yeah, I, I saw the tweet. I didn't actually hear it, but I'm I'm looking forward to that. So, and of course, Iowa State the, former Husker Christy Johnson. There. Yeah, she's the she's been the longtime coach there. They had a really good program for a while. They haven't quite been there f- since then, but uh, but yeah. So Nebraska maybe up to number two in the next poll. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll Tex- see how they how they land. I don't know how they love Texas, so they probably won't drop. They them do, much. but Nebraska's loss is better than Iowa State. Than uh, yeah, Texas lost is lost. Stanford. Yeah, yeah, Iowa State unranked, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Uh, other things coming up today. We'll have Greg Sharp, voice of the Big Red, is going to join us as we uh, get closer to another off week. But it is a week where you can pick a new team on Fantasy Huskers and pull them, pull for them throughout the week. Yeah, that's right. Go get yourself an Alabama T-shirt and wear it this weekend, right? Go get yourself. Well, speaking of Texas. Go get yourself a Texas shirt and wear it this weekend. See what it feels like to be a fan of another another football team just for one weekend. And then come back come back to your Scarlet and Cream next week prior to the Illinois game. But, yes. Yeah, so well, Fantasy Oscars, keywords. Uh, again, there's four picks left this week. Your chance to get um, one of four more teams. 
and perhaps get yourself a bunch of pizza, a bunch of gear from Alumni Hall, pizza from Valentino's, of course, with Fantasy Eskers. We've got that coming up in about 10 minutes. I've got your sound off. Got set. Well, we got some OPEC Plus news, guys. Get Cancel ready. Cancel that subscription. Cancel. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. We got some strategic oil reserve news we'll get into. Uh, we got some Thanksgiving retail store. We got a real trend for Thanksgiving and retail this year. I'm going to tell really because I'm seeing Christmas stuff all over. Well, not necessarily the stuff, but just the retail strategy. Uh, it is completely uh, changing. That reminds me. You know where animals go if they lose their tails? Where's that? The retail store. Six twenty-four. It is eh, three out of ten, maybe six twenty-five now. Four and a half. Uh, take a break. Caleb's got sports coming up right after this on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Yes, it is time to perhaps get yourself a pick. Pick number seven. Fantasy Oscars this week. Fling Week Part 2 where we allow you to pick a uh, a new team just for the weekend, temporary new team, and uh, cheer them on to hopefully the most points of any of the AP Top 25 teams this week. That's the world of teams that you can pick. There are plenty of good options mm-hmm. out there. Um, well, After we give you the keyword here, we'll go through who's been picked, and maybe I'll make a little recommendation here. But uh, Caleb's been giving me hard-to-spell keywords here all of this week. He's tripped me up twice now. Uh, let's see if he can do it again. Playwright. You can do this one. This is- I think it's uh, P-L-A-Y-W-R-I-G-H-T. There you go. All right. Playwright. 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 Back on the uh, the winning streak. All right. Uh, so give me, uh, let's just go through so, so people, while they're texting in, they can start thinking about what team they might take here. So Tennessee. Who plays UT Martin. They are taken. That was the first pick overall. UCLA. Plays Oregon. At Oregon, by the way. Ohio State, who plays Iowa, Iowa in Columbus, Wake Forest. Uh, they play, I believe, Boston College. Boston, Is that College. Right? Boston College at uh, at home. Alabama, Mississippi State. They play, who's also a ranked team. Ole Miss, and Ole Miss plays at LSU. So that leaves available for you to pick both Syracuse and Clemson, who play each other. Uh, Cincinnati, who plays at LSU. Um, you you mentioned Ole Miss. You could still take Oregon, who does um, play. Cincinnati plays SMU. What did I say? LSU. No, I said Ole Miss plays LSU. Oh yeah, I, I was moved on. Anyway, uh, Oregon plays UCLA. Um, so Oregon is still available in that matchup. Texas plays Oklahoma State. Both of those teams are available. Uh-huh. Uh, Tulane plays Memphis. That game, that team is available. Mississippi State is the opponent of Alabama. You could take Mike Leach and Mississippi State. I mean, look, Alabama gives up a lot of points. Yeah. It's a fun world where we can say stuff like that. Uh, and then uh, Penn State's available. They play at home against Minnesota. And then both K-State and TCU both ranked and also play each other. This is a good week. It is a, it's good, a good week. a good, uh, good week of games. Um, if you look at over-unders, just where a lot of points are going to be scored, I think the... UCLA-Oregon's at 72. I think the Oregon game is still... Of, uh, Oregon, picking Oregon against UCLA would be a value pick. That's Cincinnati pick, though. That's probably my pick right now, I think. I think that's where I'm going right now. It's a 58.5 over-under, so that's like the second highest one yeah. that's left on the board. 
the the Mississippi State Alabama one is still there, but I think Alabama probably wins that game, so that would rule them out. I don't know. I think yeah. I'd, I'd go TCU or Mississippi State next. T- yeah, t- TCU, yeah, but Mississippi State has to win the game. There's no way Alabama's going to lose twice in a row, especially at home. I just, uh, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd stay away from that. I mean, I think I'd, I think I like I'd more t- likely like go TCU. for whoever you think is going to win out of Texas and Oklahoma State. That one I could see just getting weird. Yeah, just weird. Oh, for sure. And then if one game goes into overtime, that can change everything. Too. <laughs> it's just how the dice rolls in this game. So there are some ideas. If you get that pick, we'll text the uh, pick winner. And if you don't get it, well, you will get another chance at 810 and then do two chances again, 635 and 810-ish during the Friday Husker tailgate. Tomorrow, your chance to win big from Valentino's and Alumni Hall on Fantasy Huskers. Sound off time. The president's opening up the reserves again. He's getting that oil out of the reserves and maybe changing everything when it comes to the gas price game. Probably not, but maybe. Gas prices are lower than a June high, but not falling fast enough, President Biden says. Families are hurting. You've heard me say it before, but I get it. The president is releasing 15 million barrels from the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve and could consider more drawdowns this winter if that's needed. The drawdowns on the reserve so far have played a big role in bringing down oil prices, bringing them down. President Biden says the decision is not political or tied to next month's midterm elections, noting the 180 million barrels authorized for release since the spring. At the White House, Jared Halpern, Fox News. All right. And there continues to be this conversation, and Mark and I had it a little bit yesterday about, like, well, is this just a matter of, well, should you just be allowing more drilling in, in the United States? Would that would that solve it? And I think they're, you know, there's... I, I think because the the Biden administration is saying, well, it's the oil companies. They're not they're not doing it. They've got all these permits that they're not using, which is which is true. The permit is 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 just kind of a, a step in that whole process, um, and and eventually they're going to use it or lose it. But there are business reasons that you don't use them as well. There's some some value in in sitting on these things for a while at this point and. So, so you've got that. You got some places where you got manpower, material shortages at this point. So they may have the permit, and they they can't actually do it. Um, and so th- that that's one part of the whole thing. But like the investors in these oil companies say, hey, you've got to you've got to grow modestly. You've got to have capital acquired. You've got to all have all of these things. And so investor, if they go too quickly on these things, they get punished by investors in some of these cases. And that's part of the reason when the Biden administration is going to the oil producers and saying, "Hey, come on, we gotta, we gotta get, we gotta get going with this whole thing." Um, and so you you you've got that. So there's all this, you know, finger pointing. It, it almost seems like uh, what what seems to be happening to me is I know that like sort of the conventional thought, and you probably listen. I I heard uh, one of the one of the shows yesterday say, "Well, it's just about that they're not letting him drill." I don't. I don't know the administration is doing a great job on it, but I don't think that's quite the reason. I mean, there are tons of permits out there. I think they he just needs to sit down. They need to sit down with the oil companies. I think the next step is not just issuing issuing a whole bunch of more permits that you don't know if they're going to even use or not. It's probably sitting down with the oil companies, having some kind of a summit with the oil companies, and and have true dialogue and and you know c- clearly communicate what's going on on all sides on this thing. Because it just turns into these narratives that I think are, some of them are 
I think they're all a little bit half true and they sort of just fit everybody's political purpose on this whole thing. But um, I, but I think, you know, but I don't think the strategic oil reserve thing is really going to move the needle significantly, though. So I guess you got to do something, though. Uh, Supreme Court, several lawsuits out there challenging the student loan forgiveness plan, the Biden-Harris student loan forgiveness plan, um, including one that is going to get a chance to at least have a part of it settled by the Supreme Court. We'll see what they say on this. The Brown County Taxpayers Association asks the U.S. Supreme Court to block President Biden's student loan forgiveness program, claiming it tramples the constitutional spending power, arguing the administration made it without congressional approval. The Wisconsin-based group also alleges the plan violates the Administrative Procedure Act, that it will have a gargantuan increase in the national debt, and that it violates the Equal Protection Doctrine, citing White House documents stating the policy is more likely to help borrowers of color. A district court previously blocked the group's request to halt the program, and an appeals court rejected their appeal. The lawsuit, one of several cases challenging the president's plan. Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. Yeah, so they went to federal court in Wisconsin, and and the district judge said, look, you don't have standing to sue at this. You've got to show that you, you've suffered or, or are likely to suffer like specific particular harm in this thing. And it's it's kind of been the precedent for cases like that. There have been a lot of these, but it's kind of been the precedent for cases like this that you can't just say a, a, a challenge of governmental policy is going to harm the public fiscally or increase taxes. That's just that's not enough. And Supreme Court, Seventh Court basically gave it a one sentence. No standing here at this point. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I, I think there's probably a standing issue here, even at the Supreme Court level, but we will see. But like she said, there's several of these cases out there. This would not be the one that the Nebraska uh, attorney general was a part of where it was a coalition of right. of states. Yeah, there's more than just one this. that's got the possibility of derailing this. Right. It's yeah. But th- that standing issue is going to be an interesting one throughout all of these these uh, whole things. So uh, we will uh, we will see what happens. Meanwhile, people are applying. Uh, applying already for these uh, these loan forgiveness programs. Uh, one problem I did hear with those that you got people apparently it blocks overseas IP addresses. That's what I saw. Thing. Yeah. So people who are overseas who would be eligible for it otherwise aren't able to get in through the website. So they might have VPN to via paper or get a VPN. That way they could also watch their favorite baseball team wherever they're at. That too. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, and then there's and then there's this one. Oh boy. CDC is going to make some people mad here. They may be uh, recommending that COVID-19 vaccines become a part of the regular required battery uh, at school systems around the country. Vaccine advisors to the CDC are expected to vote Thursday on whether to recommend adding COVID vaccines to the immunization schedule for children. An approval would allow states to mandate the shots for school, but a leading vaccine expert, Dr. William Schaffner of Vanderbilt University Medical Center, predicts most states are likely to keep COVID vaccines optional. My personal expectation is that there will not be a rush to mandate this vaccine if for no other reason that it continues to be 
at least in some quarters, rather controversial. Florida Surgeon General Joseph Latipo tweeted that his state will not mandate COVID vaccines for school children, regardless of what the CDC advisors recommend. In Atlanta, Jonathan Seri, Fox yeah. News. Now, there, there's been some sort of misinformation about this, too. The, the people were concerned about it, but they... There were they were a little bit spurred on that this was like the CDC that makes this decision. CDC doesn't make this decision. Right. The states state laws establish vaccination requirements for school children. Um, that's that's clear. I mean that's that's very clear. Um, and they, they determine the exemptions that are out there. All of all of those things. Um, so states could do it, but I mean it's not going to happen here. <laughs> Right. It's that's it's not that, it's not happening here. That's this, I mean, they also require we should be not require. They also recommend that we should be masking. Right. So, I mean, state even I mean, the the most left leaning of of most of the left leaning of states have even pulled all those right. back in, in the face of the CDC recommendations. Now, at this point, the so. thing that's become abundantly clear over the last couple of years is that people don't have an actual understanding of who makes the rules and laws where. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. So anyway, I wouldn't if if that's not something you would like to see here in Nebraska. I would not get too too fired up about it potentially happening in Nebraska because no chance. No, no chance. Um, let's see. Hey, you might want to if you file your own taxes. Well, even if you don't, this might be something you want to be aware of. IRS IRS makes changes to the 2023. Uh, tax brackets, well, 2022 for 2023. The IRS has announced for 2023 they are hiking the standard deduction and raising tax bracket thresholds by around 7%. For example, assuming these scenarios use this standard deduction, a single taxpayer making $100,000 would pay almost $14,800 in 2022. But in 2023, they would keep just slightly more than $500 than the year before. If a married couple files jointly with an income of $200,000, they will save $1,015 in 2023. However, some analysts say the move could do exactly the opposite of what the Federal Reserve is trying to accomplish as they continue to raise interest rates to cool inflation. In Washington, Lauren Blanchard, Fox News. Okay. Well, I didn't know the IRS just, the IRS can uh, just make some of those changes, and uh, and they have. So it could impact your taxes for 2023. Uh, Thanksgiving, not too far away. I know we got to get through Halloween, but uh, stores are already coming out. National chains, especially uh, with their with their Thanksgiving plans. And and you remember sort of over the last decade plus, sort of the evolution of the Black Friday and adjacent shopping shopping situation. So like. For a while, it was just Black Friday was this big shopping day. Right. And then it got ridiculously early on Black Friday morning, like doorbusters at 4 a.m., right? And, 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 then and it was all on those Thanksgiving. Things. Well, before that, though, it was opening at night. Yeah, it was opening overnight on Thanksgiving, like opening at midnight on Thanksgiving. Opening that that became PM. a thing. Yeah, yeah, that became a thing. And then it just became open on Thanksgiving <laughs> for the shopping. And apparently... It, the you know the combination of the employees i suppose at these retail places 
the public's desire to be actually shopping on Thanksgiving Day has uh, gone enough in the other direction that a lot of these national chains especially are saying, you know what? That might not have been the best idea. For the third consecutive year, Walmart will be shuttering all U.S. stores on Thanksgiving Day, and its CEO is hinting that staying closed during the holiday will be the new norm. Prior to the pandemic, many companies stayed open on Thanksgiving to capitalize on Black Friday shopping. But as the outbreak continues to wane, major retailers like Walmart, Best Buy, Kohl's, JCPenney, Ulta Beauty, among others, still want to remain closed on Thanksgiving Day to give their employees extra time off. Last year, Walmart said the move was a way to thank its staffers for their efforts during the pandemic. Around the same time, Target CEO announced that its stores would be closed on Thanksgiving Day moving forward. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. Yeah, I mean, I, like I remember, boy, I can't remember. It was probably eight, nine years ago when they really started opening on Thanksgiving night. And that became a big thing, like starting at 9 p.m. Or, or 10 p.m. I remember a line outside of the Target there at Edgewood. We were driving back from my aunt and uncle's house. We had Thanksgiving out. We were just going to go like check it out. They hadn't opened yet. And there was just a line. It was dark and cold, but there was a line out there for doors opening, like you know, sometime eight or nine mm-hmm. at night. Uh, and then they pushed it back during the day, and and they did it. So I'm glad for the employees of these places, to be honest. Because that sounds terrible. I worked a Black Friday once. Did you? I was uh, I was working at a mall in a mall, the mall in Kearney. Yeah, got a little nuts. Did it? Trying trying to sell shoes with everyone who wants to come yeah. in, and get, because then they want, you got to try them on. You got to right. go in the back. You got to see what you got. Right. Yeah. And and so the Black Friday. It'll be interesting to see how early they're opening on Black Friday. Are they still going to do the super early doorbusters? You know the the I've talked talked about this before but we were on a rotation you know before our kids started having you know tons of activities we we're on a rotation where we would do every other year we'd go to the in-laws for thanksgiving and go in go in iowa and that was you know we were really doing that during the heyday heyday of the doorbuster like black friday sales where where walmart would have you know like a a ps2 or something out or something some huge item that in lincoln you had almost no chance of of getting and I remember I would roll into the Walmart in Grinnell, Iowa at 9 a.m. And I, all these deals that in Lincoln you just couldn't you couldn't get unless you were waiting in line at 2 in the morning were just out in pallets in the middle of the floor. And I remember saying to my wife, I was like, I'm thinking about spending like a 1000 bucks here and then flipping all this stuff online, making us some money. I never actually went through with it, <laughs> but I considered it very strongly. Uh, before we get to Thanksgiving, though, is Halloween, and I don't know if this is a a particularly exciting development for the new hot costume of 2022. Perhaps if you've been scrolling through your menus of shows to possibly watch on several services, you've noticed in a bizarre twist, a lot of Jeffrey Dahmer stuff is out there right now. I don't get it. It's not just the, there's a Netflix series that's kind of at the front, but there's like three other things that are up there, and guess... Caleb, who people want to be for Halloween now. The new Netflix series Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, is so popular that a surge of listings for the serial killer's related costumes hit eBay for the Halloween season. However, the e-commerce site has pulled many down and put a ban on Dahmer costumes because they violate its policy on violence and violent criminals. According to BuzzFeed, the platform's policy states that sellers are banned from listing items that promote or glorify violence or are associated with violent individuals, the acts for which they gain notoriety or crime scenes from the past 100 years. Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, is now streaming on Netflix. 
Michelle Polino, Fox News. I saw the trailer for that show, and I was like, I can't think of any scenario where I have a desire to watch that, given that it's based on a you know a true story. And the the trailer was wildly disturbing. I'm aggressively on it. I so I can't I can't imagine one positive impact or feeling out of out of watching that. Um, So I'm staying away from it, and I'm. It's a no from me. I think I'm still gonna go as uh, I think I'm still gonna go as the uh, the big guy in Stranger Things as the sheriff. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that, that's really what I want to do. All right, we got to take a break. Six fifty five. We got uh, Captain Humane Society coming up next on KLIN. It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK today. Yeah, time to check in with Matt Macharo, Capital Humane Society. I know they've got a lot of uh, a lot of pets there available for adoption right now. So, if something that you've been thinking about, maybe good time to do it. And Matt's going to come on now and tell us a little bit about the pets that are being featured and what they've got going on there. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing today? Good. How about yourself? Good. Uh, all right. I know you said population is up a lot. Tell us a little bit about what's going on there and uh, specifically who you're featuring this week. Yeah, we'll start with a couple kittens. So first, we have Patches O'Hulahan and White Goodman. <laughs> So they are 10-week-old domestic short hair, gray tabby, neutered males. They came into us when they were only a couple weeks old, and so they've spent the last two months in a foster home till they were big enough for adoption. But now they're ready for a home where they can dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge and run around <laughs> your house. And so if you adopt them together, the second adoption fee is actually reduced by 50%. So cool. if uh, you're looking for a pair of kittens, they're available for adoption right now. Cool. So what else do we have? Then we got Tico, and Tico's an approximately a nine-year-old Pomeranian, neutered male. He's chocolate in color, weighs about 17 pounds. Uh, He didn't come to us due to any fault of his own. Unfortunately, his previous owner's health just didn't allow them to keep him anymore. So he's definitely a lap dog, uh, definitely likes to cuddle and get up on your lap for pets and all of that. So he'll probably do well in most homes and pretty much kind of a... Go with the flow sort of guy. So he is also available there right now. There you go. Tico the Chocolate Pomeranian. Very good. Hey, uh, make those adoptions. Check out the Capital Humane Society. Look them up and uh, take an animal home if you're able to do that. Thanks so much, Matt. We appreciate it. Talk yep. to you next week. Have a good one. There you go. Matt Macharl. Capital Humane Society. Hey, Generation Collaboration. Season finale next. KLI. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Time saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, here we go. Final episode, season three of Generation Collaboration. Generation Collaboration. Millennials look like they're going to win again, not without a loss at 3 and 0. Ja, boomers are three and twelve. Gen X six and seven. Gen Z zero oh, and three. You I like uh, the lyrics, the beats. A little if you're a boomer, if you're a boomer, you pair with Mark. If you're an extra, you pair with me. If time. you're a millennial, you pair with Caleb. And if you're a Z, I thought we might have Matt on the line, but 
Uh, we don't right now, but, uh, you know, you can still play. Asleep. Uh, all right, so uh, here we go. Uh, and by the way, again, you have a choice if you win. First come, first serve, whether you want to go tonight to uh, DC's Reflecting Fools at the Lead Center uh, or Tuesday night to Chicago the Musical is, is, at the Lead Center. Is that the group? Uh, it used to be Capital Steps. Okay. That's, and it's like they yes, the, some of the they, founders they, left, but it's the same It's the same exact spirit. They are so funny. Yeah. I've, uh, I've They've come many times to Lincoln and uh, equal opportunity, fun making. Yes. <laughs> political. <laughs> so yeah, there, you don't have to worry about. There's nothing sacred when yes. it comes to political I've heard uh, it's, humor. It's just, I've seen clips of it. Just I like those. So, yeah. All right. So first player today is... Ross. Ross. Hey, Ross. Good morning. How are you doing? Morning. Not too bad. All right. Uh, what generation do you identify as? Xer. All right. All right. Let's go. All this right. is it. Put me at Uh-oh. 500 here. Well, this is a big one at the end of the season. This Whoa. brand of candy is known for its collectible plastic dispensers, often featuring popular oh. cartoon characters. Pez. Yep. Pez. <laughs> Easy stuff. Question. Uh, number two. This recording artist was a backup singer for Stevie Wonder before releasing her first solo album. This is Nisi in 1976. This is... Ne- I'm not that old. This is Nisi? <laughs> Say that again. The, this the, the, the name recording of- artist was a backup singer for Stevie Wonder before yeah. releasing her first studio album. This is Nisi in 1976. Jeez. This, I got no idea. What it's is N-I-E-C-Y. This is N-I-C-E-Y. No, this is, N-I-E-C-Y. This is Nisi. Yep. I don't know. 1976. So I don't know. That's right in the disco era. Was there a disco type? Something like Gloria Diana Gaynor? Ross? Diana Ross? Or, I don't know. That's, uh, Diana Ross might be a good guess, although wouldn't that be earlier than that? That'd be way earlier than that because she was with the Supremes way earlier than that. What about like a disco part, like Gloria Gaynor or? That'll work. All right. How about Gloria Gaynor? Nah. Uh, who was it? Denise Williams. Oh, this is Niece. Niecy. Brother. Denise Williams. Denise Williams. She wasn't even that big of a. She had that. My baby, she don't doctor. She's watching every. I'm sorry, Ross. God, that was bad. You know, Caleb's marking it before the <laughs> the phone is even fully hung up. All right, uh, Gene is uh, Gene is next. Good morning, Gene. Good morning. Good. What uh, what generation? Boomer. All right. All right. Boomer here we go. Time with Mark. Let's, hope, let's do this, Gene. Before the L- here you guys go. Before the LP and forty five took off, many records were of this variety. Oh, uh, sixteen inch electrical transcription discs. Before the LP, no, the seventy eights. There was seventy eight. Yeah, I was going to say the seventy eight. Seventy eights is correct. What is the name of the picky eater in life cereal ads? Oh, I know, Mikey. That one. Mikey Mikey. likes it. (laughs) He likes it. Glad you guys knew that. I went, what the heck? Mikey likes it. Uh, Which author wrote The Catcher in the Rye? Oh, gosh. Oh. It was like Jay something, wasn't it? Um, Yeah. uh, Mark, do you have any idea? He's on, he's on the right track. Yeah. He's on the right track. Uh, right thing. So what, uh, I read this book in high school. I think um, we all did. Mrs. Mrs. Kaltenberger's class over at there at Lincoln East. 
the, there's another guy that was in the um, White House press. What? Uh, this is about the catcher of the rye. Yeah, I know, but the same last name. There was a guy that worked in one of the White Houses that had the same last name. Um, Sal- Salinger. He's going to come up with it. Yeah. Salinger. Uh, who? J.D. Salinger. Is that that, that's, yeah, that's J.D. Correct. Salinger. That's correct. That's They're getting it. Uh, all right. right. All right. Number four, what state was the 1969 Woodstock Festival held in? New York. Oh, my home state, New York. Nice. Nice. And number five, Gary Cooper and Grace Kelly star in this iconic 1952 Western. Jeez. That's the year I was born. Gosh, yeah, that's a little, you're kind of, you know, getting into the greatest generation. (laughs) Listen, they go old on some of these questions. There's no doubt about it. I... That's the only the only one that I can even think of from back in that era. Uh, um, Western, wasn't it? Yeah, Western. Yeah, yeah uh, high noon had to be. High noon is it? High noon. <laughs> Do you All guys right. want Gen X or Millennial? You better go X because that seems to be maybe you call it Gene. Uh, Gen X. All right, Gen X. What does the 64 signify in the name of the popular computer Commodore 64 PC? Oh, I know that. Wasn't it 64? Wasn't megabytes? Uh, was that the memory? S- yeah, it seems to be it was the memory. 64 what? But it's the 64 what? Kilobytes? I'm drawing. You get what? 64 kilobytes. Kilobytes? He got it! Wow, Rod! Or Gene, congratulations! Gene, nice job. You guys pulled out like four of them I thought you weren't going to get. All right, you want to go to uh, Reflecting Fools tonight or Chicago, the musical on Tuesday? Chicago. All right, there you go. Enjoy. your information. All right, that was good. That was good. I actually thought it was... See, I wanted to say bit, but that was like the that was a different that was a different measure that was later when they got to console console okay. video games. All right. So high new. Yeah, I was J- thinking. I was thinking memory. J D. Salinger, Catcher in the Rye. I did not. Know, I would not have gotten that movie. High noon. High noon was the movie. Okay, not familiar with that. All right. So uh, boomers get another win. Uh, they go to four and twelve on the year. We still have the Reflecting Fools tickets. If anybody wants to go to that. Tonight at the Lead Center, uh, we'll go. We'll give you tickets to go to that at the Lead Center. And by the way, you need to be able to pick them up at the station today if you want to do those. 402-479-1400. Or if you just want to play for Pride, and, you can do that as well. By the way, the Salinger I was thinking of was Pierre Salinger. He was a White House press secretary for Kennedy and Johnson. Okay, I, I had no idea about that, but I knew J.D. Salinger. All right, uh, next on the line is uh, number three, the next one, or number one, the next one. Three is the next one. Uh, this is Lori. Hi, Lori. How are you? Good. All right, Lori. What generation? A boomer. Boomer. Ooh. All right. Going for two in a row here. Here uh, we go. If you want to get tickets to uh, Lead Center tonight. This rocker starred in a televised 1968 comeback special. Uh, I have no idea. 68 comeback special. Yeah. Uh, no idea. I, well, I know it now. No, nobody's got it. Nobody's got it. Oh, sorry, Lori. Elvis. 
Oh, that you were doing Elvis? Okay, <laughs> I had hits. Hits. No, I did. I thought you were doing Chuck Berry. I thought you were doing the twist. And then I was like, no, I know what the twist looks like. That's what it looked like you were doing. All right. Jeremy's going to try now. Good morning, Jeremy. What? Good morning. uh, What generation? Uh, Gen X. All right. X. Back to the Xers. The Revolution was a band put together by what multi-talented performer? Prince. That's your final? Uh, Yeah. Okay. In 1985, British scientists discovered a hole in the what? Would that have been the the ozone layer? Yeah, I think you got it, Jeremy. Ozone. Previously of MTV fame as a host of Total Request Line, what TV personality went on to host his own late-night talk show? Uh, I know that one. Carson Daly. Final? Yes. Unless unless Jeremy wants to overrule me. Yeah. Carson Daly. Daly. All right. Yeah, that's right. What legendary boxer retired in 1981? Oh, geez, 1981. That would probably would Ali have been eighty one, Jeremy? Would that would have been when Ali? Because Larry Holmes went for a long time after that. George Foreman went for yeah. twenty years after that. Yeah. Uh, Muhammad Ali. Yeah. yeah. Finally, uh, after a widely publicized breakup, what actor altered his tattoo to read "Wino Forever"? Wino. Oh my gosh! Who would that have been? So, what would have been like Wino? Wino. Why not? Oh my gosh! What would that? You say the question again. After a widely publicized breakup, what actor altered his tattoo to read "Wino Forever"? It's something a, a name, a female name that could be modified that was like Wino. There, that was that the Winnie. Why not? Jeez, I don't have any idea. Weinstein. What was the? Amy Weinstein. Winehouse. That would have been like way later. Winehouse, yeah. Oh, here I can think of like Sean Penn with Madonna or something, but I don't know if that would have made that. that that's the only guess I can think of in that era. Oh, that's probably. A how good about guess. how about Sean, Sean Penn? Penn. Who was it? Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Who did he break up with? Johnny Depp. I don't even know. <laughs> Boy, that was some foreshadowing for Johnny, wasn't it? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right, let's do. Uh, let's try it once again. We still have tickets for Lead Center tonight uh, to DC's Le- Reflecting Fools. Uh, this is Brian. Hi, Brian. How are you? Hey, that's bad. All right, what generation? Uh, early Gen X. Early Gen X. All right, that's what kind of what I am. Oh, you're early. I'm late Gen X. So perfect. We should be able to crush this. All right, what squeezably soft plush toy also doubled as a nightlight? Oh, uh, the the glowworm. The glowworm. I think that's what it is. It was a big toy yep, in the 80s. Yep, we'll give you that one. All right. Uh, which Commodores member later wrote songs such as Easy and Three Times a Lady? Lionel Richie, or as my friend Tim calls him, Lionel Richie. <laughs> <laughs> He's the biggest Lionel Richie fan in the city, and he mispronounces his name every time. Shout out, Tim. This Spielberg film features Henry Thomas as Elliot. Uh, that's that's uh, E.T. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this U.S. basketball star was nicknamed the Hick from French Lick after he played for the Celtics <laughs> oh, for 13 seasons. Okay, that's an easy John one. Baylor's favorite person ever. That's that's uh, that's Larry Bird, right, Brian? Uh, I didn't even hear half. Of that. Uh, it's <laughs> don't worry, it's Larry Bird. It's really easy. Yeah, Larry Bird. Did I do that? Was this television character's famous catchphrase? Oh, that was. Uh, did I do that? Was that wasn't. Uh, <laughs> Did oh, that I was Ur- that was Urkel. That was Steve Urkel. That's right. Did I do that? <laughs> Steve Urkel. Did I do that? Steve Urkel. Yep. All right. Uh, what should we ask for? A wiser boomers for our extra point. 
what's that? I, I, I... That's all right. We get to ask. We get to ask for. Uh, let's just do. Let's do. Uh, let's do wise. I think those are the millennials. Ones. You yeah. mean millennials? It's the same thing. Yeah. Millennial. Oh, in the early, uh, in 2010, an explosion on what oil rig in the Gulf of Mexico resulted in the largest marine oil spill oh, in history? Crap. What was the name of that? I mean, I remember it. It wasn't the Valdez. That was the earlier one. That was a ship. Yeah. Exxon Valdez was that yeah, ship. Valdez is all I have in my head. Was it like new? Was it new something? New. It wasn't new. New something. Horizon. New. Yeah. New. New. That. That wasn't it. Horizon. Was it just Horizon? Crap. Deep water. I, deep. I picture in the movie. Deepwater Horizon. Deepwater Horizon. Yes, we we worked it. We worked it out. Yes, Brian. Congratulations. We got a win for Gen X in the final match of season number three. So congratulations. We did it. All right. If you want those tickets, Caleb, we'll hook you up with them for the lead center tonight. And that is it. We are done with Generation Thank Collaboration season there number three. God. The final standings. Millennials go three and zero with another giant asterisk uh by it because i think it was with the same same guy every single time uh gen x i think with that win now that'll put us at second place at seven and nine uh boomers uh you ended up mark at four and 13 but that's third place and that's third place because (laughs) gen z gen z which is is only i think we've only ever had one gen z caller and so we wanted to start getting them involved, so we involved McMaster and my son Johnny, and they went combined 0 and 3 on the year. So they are last place. So Millennials, Gen X, Boomers, Gen Z. I, I do wonder if in, in next season, season four, we need to put in a new rule about minimum games played. What are we gonna say? Five? Minimum minimums games played or or at least two different players play with you. Since Asterisk has just basically carried you. Two, three victories. I don't, I don't in this know if game. he's carried me. He's I mean, allowed me to play. Yeah, he's allowed you to play. We'll see. But millennials, it's me I like guess, sour grapes again. on the part of a Gen X. No, I just I feel like it does sound like. I sour just grapes. feel like three and O doesn't. Yeah. I just feel like that's not a good read on you guys. So you we'll come when we bring this out. We'll probably bring it back around January, I think. Hey, but, yeah. the, but the boomers are, are we're willing to put ourselves out there and try. I That's mean, true. We, we had the most you tries. You played 17 times and you did get four wins out of that. Hey. So congratulations on that. All right. We are uh, <laughs> we're going to. For some of us, we call that a success when we have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Tried 17 times. <laughs> Made it four. All right, 725. It'll be a decent baseball batting average. All right, 725. We'll take a break. Caleb's got sports next on KLIN. Get today's top news in my end. All right, let's get it fired up with number five. The flood for Nebraska uh, campaign issued a press release yesterday saying that election forecaster 538 is pegging Mike Flood's uh, chances of re-election at greater than 99%. Oh, the 538 is quite a, uh, they've got quite a few models in there. Likely to win, it says, Pansing uh, Brooks is less than 1 in 100 chance of winning. That has actually gone, that's actually gone up, I think. Uh, no, yeah, they've got it. Yeah, they had it down at, it bumped from 98 to 99 uh, just yesterday, I think, or the day before that. And I think that's what caused them to put the press release out here. Yeah. 
it is it is interesting because in the special election there were a lot of there were a lot of like national pieces that that talked about how relatively close that race was and how that might be a boon and you know a good uh, a good omen for democrats in this district and um yeah you're you're seeing these forecasts and it's looking like it's it's looking like at least 5:30 and certainly certainly they are uh not infallible in in their predictions without no, a doubt no, but but, they, they, but it is it, it's higher than than you thought it might be my, with yeah, this thing. substantially higher than I thought it would be. Um, because, especially because you know I'd, I'd still be surprised if Patty Pans and Brooks didn't win Lincoln fairly decently. And, oh, uh, you know, I think there's a high likelihood. Of and that. I get it; the district is a lot more than that, and the district's different than it was before, and that kind of plays in into these things as well. But yeah, that's um, that's where they've that's where they've got it right now. Like compare it to here's a crazy thing. Yeah. So they give Carol Blood a two in one hundred chance of winning the governor's race. So they are giving Carol Blood a better chance of winning the governor's race than Patty Pansing Brook the House seat. That really? doesn't seem right. Really? That doesn't. I mean, doesn't that not compute? Am I the only one? I think the. Like I think they're. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think both both Pillen and Flood are going to win, but I think it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot closer between Flood and Patty Pans and Brooks than it is Pillin and Blood. Yes. I would think. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. Um, and then if you look at the other house race, they're going... Uh, now, they make that one 89 and 100 for Bacon, 11 and 100 for Tony Vargas in that one. I can see that. Yeah, so... Because that district also changed. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's not... that, And that one is always relatively close. It seems like no matter who the candidates are, I mean, you, you feel like the, it's about the only district that that ever really gets close. You feel on like a, in those house, yeah, Democrat. it's the only house race that's changed because yep. that's that's changed hands between the parties uh, for a long time since I've been since I've been doing this show. I mean, that's yeah, that you had you had Fortenberry take over in uh, one in '04 against McAneely. He held it obviously until now. Won every. Won every time. None of them were particularly close. And then you got flood in in there now, and and then in the district three, you you had uh, Adrian Smith, who's had it almost that entire time. Congressman as for well, life. you know Tom Osborne before that, and but it's been it's been Adrian Smith almost that entire time, and they've got him also as a greater than ninety nine out of a hundred chance of of winning the same. But that is a that's a peculiar thing. Whatever metrics they use. Give Carol Blood a better chance than Patty Pansing Brooks to uh, to win the whole thing. Oh, and by the way, if you're looking at at these projections, they give Democrats the the, the five thirty eight ones. They give Democrats a slight, slightly better chance to win the Senate, sixty one and a hundred compared to thirty nine and a hundred for Republicans. And in the House, they've got it seventy five to twenty five Republicans, seventy five out of hundred Republicans take majority, twenty five out of hundred. Democrats take the majority, which seems better for Democrats than I would think. I would think that would be a lower number in in that one. So, anyway, nonetheless, but it's interesting. It's interesting they jump on a press release like that. I suppose the idea is, well, you know, if you if if you thought there was a chance she was going to win, you were going to go out for a vote for her. Well, the experts are saying it's not possible. So, I suppose that's a little bit of of what the plan is there.
number four. After more than a decade, Lincoln may finally be on the verge of t- actually tearing down Pershing Auditorium. This week, the council authorized urban development to go after some grant money authorized by the state for affordable housing problems, which could be used to aid in the removal of the old auditorium. The same funds could also be used to tear down the old police station in South 10th Street. Already? Yep. I mean, geez, the... The they barely just finished a state basketball game over there, and they're already get bringing this thing down. Calm down here. Well, once, Make sure all the people are out of it. Once the mural's gone, it's time to come down. It's just, I mean, it's. I hope they can figure out how to how to do this because that's it's getting ridiculous. That that's that a thing lot, is a lot of uh, is still up that it took that long to figure out what was going in there. It's just. You know, we would have never, when we were talking about this in 2011, it, like literally 11, 12 years ago, and thinking about this arena, there's no way anybody comp- contemplated that still, at this point, in 2022, that that facility would still be standing if they built the arena. But here we are. It still is. They rushed to get the, and and how about that whole thing, Mark? They yeah. rushed to get that mural down. Now they had a deadline. They, they, they had a deadline to get it down. They rushed to get it down. They got it down. They put it in storage. And now the building is still standing and the mural has nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> After all that. And how about, I'll, I'll kind of miss that, uh, that uh, if they take down that old police station on South 10th Street because it looks like it came straight out of a, a 1970s cop show. I mean, it honestly ought to be used for a set, for some kind of a, a throwback retro remake of a 70s cop show because Adam 12 it, it looks it looks so it has the look I mean it's a dated that I think some of the articles about it they called it an art deco art deco look um I don't know what it is but it just screams like 1971 to me every time I'll I go have to by drive that by thing. that I'm, yeah, I'm, you not, got, I'm not seeing it in my mind. I know I've driven by it, but yeah, you, you'll you, you'll know exactly what it is, and you, you'll have that same feeling too with the uh, with the whole thing. Number three, number three, Huskers swept number twelve Purdue in West Lafayette last night, 25-21, and then somebody took the rest of the. Uh, they won twenty five each set. They beat them one time. They had twenty one. One time they had twenty. One time they had eighteen. Okay. Right. Yeah, so twenty five to twenty one, gotcha. then yep. to twenty, then to eighteen. Yep. Uh, tenth consecutive win, improved to the season seventeen one and overall uh, overall nine and zero in the Big Ten. I mean, I guess those scores don't necessarily translate this, but if you watch that that match, I mean, Nebraska was way better, just way better. Like the the first set was. I would call the first set close, especially for a lot of the set. Close in a way where you never feel worried, yes. Well, we're, unless Nebraska's down 2-0 and the other team's at 23 points It's hard third. to feel worried with this team. But if you're looking at compared to the last few matches, Purdue was in it for much of the first set. And it was, okay, are they going to make it competitive? And then Nebraska just turned it on at the end, ended it. So... And he went, okay, well, the next two sets are for So this is what we're now doing. Nebraska goes in and sweeps a team that was a top 10 team a week ago, sweeps them, and we're all like, well, the first set was kind of (laughs) close. Five straight sweeps for Nebraska, three of them over ranked opponents, 10 straight victories. They've won nine matches in a row on the road. Why aren't they number one? Well, they they're getting closer because Texas lost. Yeah, so Texas lost. Louisville will be number one, assuming 
they don't lose this weekend. Right. Um, let's see. Who does Louisville this weekend has? Virginia. Uh, and then Pitt. Oh, Pitt's been good. They're at Pitt on Sunday. That might. I don't. I don't know. Pitt. I, I have no. I, I haven't been watching the ACC volleyball scene that closely this year. But right. you know, maybe that's a possibility. And then the other thing about Nebraska is, well, two things. Number one, if Becca Alex going to start playing like that now, I mean, legitimately, opponents are screwed. She hit over six hundred and had twelve kills. And you, you always thought she. I mean, she was great here. You know, local, a great local player. You know, played at a high level before. She was a freshman. You expected her development to to take a little while, and and um, she had a lot of upside. She was solid, but sometimes was a little inconsistent at the beginning of this year. If she's going to turn into that kind of a dream crusher on this team, I'm just and I can say this. I think I think this team has earned it. Other teams are screwed. Yes, other teams are screwed when they play this 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 team right now. Well, and that's that's one of the things that when Kayla Caffey announced that she was going to hit the transfer portal after us really not knowing how it was going to go for months, we knew that one of the two middles coming in, Becca Alec or Maggie Mendelson was going to have to take that spot. And then it was going to have to be, well, I hope that you're actually legit for that spot and it's not just you're the one who's Next better and, and we yeah. we need a middle to go next to Caitlin Horde. Becca Alec is legit. Yeah, she is. She is a different player than she was in August and September, or she was last night at least. There's there's um, something that that clicks with, and you see this, and from talking with my dad is as he's been a coach my entire life is freshmen aren't freshmen after after a month. If they're starting and getting regular time in any sport, you're no longer yeah. freshmen. Now you still might have different situations come up, and you go, well that that shouldn't have happened if you were older, more mature. Becca Alex's not a freshman anymore on this team. Yeah. Like like you you should realistically treat her with her ability and the way she's come out these last few matches. She's she's not a freshman in comparison to what you see on other teams. And and I'll say this too. You know, and uh, I uh, Kennedy or I still absolutely want and hope to see her be a great setter for a long time here. But there's just something when Nicklin Hames is on the floor. I, I mean, there's just something different about Nicklin. Got to take a swing yesterday. Nicklin Hames is is on the floor. They they got laid into one of the sets and they were running out of subs, so she had to play in the front yeah. row. And they set it over to her. She took a swing. There were a couple of times in that game where they were just doing like Harlem Globetrotter stuff, <laughs> like dude perfect stuff during that game. It was uh, it was it was crazy. Well, you had so I think I think watch. it was Maddie Kubik ran all the way to the the seats that were on yes. one of the sidelines. Saves it, and you're like, okay, she hit it further away from the right. net. And then Kenzie Knuckles goes, hits it, and jumps, right. and hits it back over the net. And then what happens immediately? Blocked. They now, got a block. Point yeah, Nebraska. They got a block after that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Illinois Saturday at Wisconsin next Wednesday. Uh, I'm sorry, Illinois. You were <laughs> <laughs> bad time to face this team. John Baylor's going to be worried they're peaking too early. I tell you that right now. No, I know what Baylor no. say. Don't want to peak too early, Caleb Jacketek. You want to save your peak for December? No, this is them on their way to the peak. <laughs> They're not there yet. It's going to be ridiculous. Number two. Well, if you need any more evidence that marijuana is becoming more mainstream, Florida customers at Circle K Gas can will be able to purchase their. Marijuana along with gas and beef jerky at Circle K. <laughs> Seems like a good combo. Uh, a new uh, <laughs> partnership between Rise Express, which uh, 
they'll have the dispensaries uh, with separate entrances from Circle K. Uh, the uh, arrangement made by Chicago-based Green Thumb. Among the products for sale, marijuana flour, pre-rolls, gummies, and vapes. Green Thumb's going to supply it from a 28-acre facility they're building in Ocala, Florida, that's expected to be up and running by the end of the so year. they're going to have them in gas stations then. Not, so it's a separate separate building. It's, well, it's I separate, mean, it's a separate entrance, yeah. like you said. Yeah. Uh, but still, it's... It's still 10 years ago, if you did, told people that, like, hey... Uh, in the future, in the future, A, Pershing's still going to be standing, and B, they're going to sell weed at gas stations. You'd be like, this is yeah, crazy. And of course, can, uh, Circle K is, is just actually a convenience store, so you could be buying groceries or yeah, the snacks true. or gas or diesel. Yep. Or- All right. move. Well, and Oklahoma has a vote on, uh, on legalizing recreational marijuana coming up, too. They just approved that. I mean, they approved the vote. That's coming up in, I think, in March, in the spring, they're going to do that. Maybe they're going to start selling them in those huge buckies that they've got in Oklahoma. <laughs> Talk about that's the one thing they don't sell there right now. Number one, a slice of cake from Lady Diana and Prince Charles' wedding cake as a new owner. The uneaten slice from 1981, recently sold at auction for an outstanding amount. $190. I was all ready to talk about this and like, who would want that? Who would want something like that? And then you said the price for it, and I'm like, that's kind of low. I might have been on that. <laughs> Do people still save cake from their wedding day? Is that a thing? Like, we never, I never, that never crossed my mind. Well, Caleb, you just got married. You might still just have some leftover in the fridge. Well, yeah. we we did uh, we did cupcakes and cookies, so, so that's right. I was some? there. So uh, eat all of them. Yeah, that's thanks in part to my kids. So, <laughs> if you were planning on freeze drying one to have something to remember, this, that's uh, partially my family. This family well. event, Millie did not hold back on getting the, had the some sugar in front of her. You guys had some good like pulled pork there. You should have saved some of that. Oh, we did. We ate that like over the next. No, but as a as a memento. God no! (laughs) Just sit there. Just take out like a big frozen like snowball of pulled pork, frozen in its own fat. Show your. You had a pig (laughs) on a leash out there. Just a congealed piece (laughs) of frozen, hard as a rock, and bring it out to show the grandkids when they're older. (laughs) Well, your grandma and I back in twenty aught twenty two. I don't know if that's how you say that or not. But. It's probably not. <laughs> Warm it up. Let's have it, Grandpa. Well, I am kind of hungry. Let's do damn now. <laughs> it was good. It was good at the time. As long as you saved a bun. <laughs> it's true. I don't know. Some of those hamburger buns, they never get bad. It's amazing to me. I'll, be, I'll look at the date in my cabinet on some of them, and it's like... April 2021. There's no mold on this oh. thing. <laughs> well, well, kids, we're having hot dogs today. All right, that, that's how my snake feels about uh, sandwiches as well, Mark. Really? My anaconda don't want none unless you've got buns. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> 754. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going, and I was afraid that was where. 754. It's LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. <laughs> Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, 
Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, that keyword this hour, uh, or for pick number eight, I should say, and it is this hour too, is... Baloney. Oh, man. B-O-L-O-G-N-A. There you go. Baloney. I haven't had bologna for a long time. It was a, more of a staple in my childhood lunches, but haven't had one in a long time. I still have it every now and then. We keep it in the uh, keep it in the old fridge. Will you run down the sandwich? Run down the picks for us. Uh, so we have got Tennessee, UCLA, Ohio State, Wake Forest, Alabama, and Ole Miss. And Allen is still figuring out what okay. he would like for his team. All right. So uh, look for a text. You might have gotten that pick. We'll run them all down here at the end of the show today. You can always check them at KLIN.com. This week we're allowing you to pick a new team, Fling Week, Park 2. Just for this week, get back to Nebraska next week. All right. It's time to talk to Robin Eshelman, Dave Alvers, the Grow Lincoln team, about uh, what's going on in the retail restaurant business world in the capital city. Robin. Dave, good morning. Welcome back. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Dave? Good morning, gentlemen. Good. All right. Let's jump into the news that you've got. Unfortunately, Robin, we are starting Uh, with a restaurant closing. You know, I keep this little list on my phone that if I'm out around town doing real estate stuff and that I want to try this restaurant if I happen to be in. And I've had this on my list. (laughs) I guess I'm missing out. Um, Dami Dami. Down at downtown at Thirteenth and P. Thirteenth and P, P. I believe. And the yeah, they they I guess are going to close down a Mediterranean restaurant. Oh, yeah, that's too bad. And they they had wonderful things that people always said about their food, but they just said it's been they been said a struggle. it's been tough. You gotta wonder, Robin, had you decided to dine there at some point, would that have been enough to keep them afloat? No, it's hard. It's hard not to wonder that. <laughs> If, I mean, in the end, like I got, I got one extra appetizer. You never know. You bit. never know. I don't think I would have. Might have. It might have been. It might have been sort of a moral victory for them. Would have just increased. You know the. You, well, it's just hard if to I'd have reviewed them did, on air on your show, maybe did, we could have saved them. Did chatting. Robin kill Dommy Dommy? We'll never know. Anyway. um... <laughs> I'm bummed I didn't try uh, to. Why didn't uh, I? All right, well, let, let's, let's even it out. Let's do a restaurant opening then. Opening uh, in uh, Southwest Lincoln. Dave, what do we got? Yeah, this is at 1701 Pine Lake Road. Uh, I believe this is the correct way to pronounce this. Masha Sushi. Uh, they're planning on opening sometime reasonably soon here. This is in the uh, where Asara was in that area. Mm-hmm. I didn't so, know Asara closed. Yeah. Okay. People across, like people like that in that area. Yeah, across from Costco. For right. those who don't get down right. to 14th and Pine Lake all that often, but yeah. a lot of new businesses in that little shopping area. Yeah, they've. Uh, yeah, particularly further to the west. Uh, that that uh, strip centers have uh, like a British restaurant there now. Mm-hmm. I, know, I wanted to try it's that. It's not out. a restaurant, and people think that, and they go there oh, for a meal. Like a and you can't, yeah, it's more like a more like a gift shop. They oh. they have some foods in a freezer that you can buy and take home. Oh, and, you know. All right. Well, I'm still curious what they have there. Yeah. Um. I wonder if they know about the prime minister. Oh boy! They probably do now because Somebody you should an- tell because them. you announced it. Somebody should tell them. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, so a new sushi, another sushi uh, place here. We need to do some too. research now that you're saying that and find out what was the shortest tenure of a prime minister 
in. It's got to be up there. Yeah, this it was like a month. Be, yeah. yeah. Was, a month. Was, it, was this a month, six weeks? She was basically like there for the whole uh, queen passing away thing. Uh, and then replacing she did and, her ceremonial yeah. duty at the funeral, and that was then it was over. Yeah. All right, number uh, number three on the list. Uh, Robin, an opening still at the South Point area. Lululemon, which is a clothing store for both men and women. Yeah. Um, as Dave educated me, I thought it was just for chicks. I thought but, it was. You know, I can't use that word because I'll sound bad. But I thought it was for females only. But I was. Informed uh, their website has a men thing right at the top. There you go. If I'd have just looked, I would have known. But yeah, they've got um, high quality clothing. They've got a store at downtown at Thirteenth and P Street. Oh, really? Um, right. Yeah. So this will be a second location in Lincoln, opening at South Point. They started some construction in September. Um, we at the time we took a picture on the Girl Lincoln page, but that that should be open hopefully in time for Christmas. I would think. Yeah, that's you, probably you, the goal. You would think you would want to. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Uh, Lululemon opening up. Uh, all right. Moving on to some of the other items that we've got here today. Uh, an opening, Dave, uh, right in our fiftieth and O here. Right. What's happening here? 5001 uh, O Street. Uh, iMart is going in. This is just a few doors down from Noodles. We we uh, showed a building permit a while ago for the $350,000 for their uh, little tenant improvements that they had to put in there. Okay. But, so if we were talking about glasses off air. Yeah. There you go. This sounds like another discount glasses uh, type place, perhaps. Perhaps the, the glasses industry is an interesting one because I don't I, get I don't get the price of glasses. So I, it is a, it's a weird deal. Like I used to always wear contacts, and my eyes just sort of like I start having these dry eye problems, and so I wear glasses all the time uh, now. And I've been doing it for like two and a half years. Robin just noticed it today for the first time, <laughs> interestingly <laughs> enough. But nonetheless, I've been doing it for two years. But yeah, you're right. Like the 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 variety of prices and things. Like I can go online if i have my prescription and i can spend you know as little as 40 50 bucks yeah and get a pair of glasses now they're generally pieces of crap okay they really are in terms of this uh, how sturdy they are and and those sorts of things um, and then you've got some brick and mortar stores that are kind of just above that price range where you can go and then you go to some of the more where you're getting higher quality brands and higher quality products, Designer but you can brands. you can get way up into two hundred, three hundred more than that, right? For some of these these frames and lenses, it's a as puzzling well. industry. And you know, another health industry. You know, first it was it seemed like it was the dental stuff that went retail mm-hmm. and the glasses. Well, now it's um, hearing aids. Yeah, that and those are going over the counter now. So, over yeah, the counter. Just started a couple just of started. days ago. Yeah, that, and you that, think about all these people. I mean, these hearing and dental and. Audio. I mean, these are kind of serious human problems, and to just you know walk into. Well, like, I wonder if some of the how often some of the, uh, the the places that are larger groups of optometrists, where they also have a place where they sell glasses along with it, how many times that they've got people who call them or come in and like, I just need a copy of my prescription. 
right for glasses and so then they can go elsewhere to to try and get glasses i do that because the eye doctor doesn't always have the kind of frames i'm looking for and they will they'll give you the prescription and let you go to a different place if you can't find something you like in their selection do either of you sorry this is a personal question do either of you guys wear the transitions lenses the ones with bifocals and do you wear them yeah i i was an unfortunate victim who had to start young uh I I need them. I need them right now for my... They you, help. I, here's the problem. They I have help. to take... This is such old guy radio. I can't... When I started this, I never believed I was going to have this conversation on the air. <laughs> but like... We're giving I mean, for future, goodness sakes, I was in my 20s when I started future. this show. Right. Well, and now, and now what, I'm that's having... That's when you're eagle And now we're having bifocal talk on the <laughs> right. show. But I got to tell you, I, 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 I have to take my glasses off to look at my phone. Okay, and then I'll put them on my head or I'll set them down somewhere. I lose them five times a day. <laughs> you're, I, you're, mine are reading glasses. Mine are only reading glasses. Oh, they're only re- and you wait and you wear them all the time. No, I, I take them on and off. Uh, oh, do you periodically? Yeah. Okay. I did. Transitions are that's a nice solution. I think I need to do. You got to get used to them at first. They're kind of weird uh, at first for about a week or two. I but think I got to do that. Yeah, you'll be. You won't be sorry. And it's just, it's, I feel like I'm in a Christmas Carol, and this is the ghost of Christmas future, right? We're there warning, it is. This, Sadly, we're it is. Caleb, Caleb, when I'm when I'm long gone and you're still doing the show, Caleb will be rating the best kinds of prune juice. You know that kind of Caleb, thing. I enjoy peanuts. Where's, in my candy? where's the best deal to get dinner at three forty-five p.m. in the city of Lincoln? I still go to Lee's Chicken. <laughs> Just be thankful for contacts while you can oh, wear man. them, Caleb. You lucky yeah. thing, you. I don't wear contacts. Oh, look you're at even you. luckier. Listen to you. You are so lucky. As, as Jack has been upset with me for saying before, I wake up and my eyes work. That oh, is, I'm yeah. so envious That's, because mine never it's did. Kind of ableist, I think. A little Jeez. bit. Uh, don't cancel me 45 that's when i started uh, uh, i started yeah. 40 uh, with the reading with needing oh, reading glasses sucked. yeah yes all right uh moving on so anyway businesses in lincoln businesses in lincoln here's something old people yeah. love hookah lounges uh news on a hookah lounge <laughs> fogging up my glasses naturally this is this is robin's royal question. hookah 1690 they have been applying probably have it by now but i don't think there's that many of these this might be the only one didn't there used to be one on north 48th or was there uh there's a hookah something i think on north 48th somewhere too yeah i want to yeah. say somebody told me there's only one that this is the only Maybe. one at this point in time i i don't know there might be more than one but Lincoln, not many i have had requests for um hookah places uh, as, as tenants and then i talked to my landlords some landlords a, don't want to go there we're not comfortable with no it. they're they're getting they're open to the cbd thing now a lot they of have become a lot of landlords have shifted and they're okay with that but they haven't quite fully embraced the hookah idea yet yeah i gotta tell you and and this is I don't know. I mean, I I I know what the concept a little bit of of, of hookah lot, but I like I don't. Oh, I have no like, idea. I, don't, I have I no idea. I don't know. Like, I'm kind of curious. Caleb, though. help. I'm hookah curious. It it's just a. Uh, I haven't done it since college. So oh, you've was, done it. It was like a, over a decade ago. Oh, tell us about the experience. Every, everyone's apartment had some. Everyone had a hookah in their apartment, really. So. Oh, people, <laughs> and so what? It's just uh, uh everybody just takes a. Just take a whiff. It just tastes good. Yeah. That's it. 
Is there like is there like nicotine in it, or is there any I kind have of no uh, idea to be? Is honest. there any kind of narcotic in it? It or was anything? college, and they said take this. We're like, was I supposed to ask questions? <laughs> yes, maybe. Please. My son <laughs> might not have been a bad idea. <laughs> that, that answers some questions that I was wondering about you. Why <laughs> <laughs> people? Oh, I'm but hey, you this. still have your vision, so you're yeah. Right. yeah. They didn't do that. Doesn't make you blind. I guess we know that. All right, moving on. What else do we have? Uh, a bar in the Haymarket where the old scooters used to be. Yeah. Beer House Meischaller, I think is how you pronounce it. Anyhow, well, that sounds German. It sounds close enough. Uh, it's now open there, as you mentioned. Uh, they've got uh, pretzels and brats and, you know, oh. what the heck. It sounds German. They need to have German I am stuff. interested in this. And they have yeah. costumes, too. They encourage you to wear your yeah, Lederhosen we'll clothes. There were people who wore Lederhosen to the Oktoberfest we did at Piedmont Shops a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. 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 People have them in Lincoln. My youngest son wanted a pair of Lederhosen for a Christmas gift one year. Really? Oh, gosh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Actually, excuse me. It was a birthday gift. That's a little different. Hey, is yeah. that Scooter's? Has there been nothing in there since that Scooter's no. closed? No. No. This is... Uh, really? Yeah. You never know when That's your bizarre. former scooters might turn into a German bar. I'm just telling you, that place is like uh, at a really good location, I would think. Well, yeah, but realize that there's just a lot of things that have been going on in the whole retail world. I guess so. Uh, there and the food world. Yeah. And well, in that area. That's sort in of particular. international street there because you've got Vincenzo's and you've got one or two Irish pubs. Mm-hmm. So now we've got German. So you've got this cute little thing going on that stretch of P Street. All right. Uh, and then last one that we've got more the 84th and Highway 2. God, it's, it's crazy over there, the 84th yeah. and Highway 2 area. What's the latest over there, Dave? Well, uh, we were going to talk about, uh, yeah, that's all right. We're talking about a medical uh, building that's going in there. Uh, Root Dental Care is going in there. They pulled a building permit. This was at 8450 Iger Drive, $325,000. But that's nothing compared to some of the other stuff that's going in over there. As most people uh, know, the, the Starbucks is up and operating. Scooters moved in not too long ago. The Firestone store within a year. Currently building Nebraska Realty right on the corner of 84th. And there is a new building permit that came out for Simplicity Real Estate that is going to be, it's not going to be quite as visible, but it, it's to the south uh, of uh, that corner. And then you guys just have a restaurant two weeks ago out there? I can't remember what it was. But right by the Dairy Queen there is what you told told us it was. Oh gonna yes, be. there was going to be a new. Um, what was that? You that had was it two weeks ago. Now I can't yeah. remember what it is. I could probably look it I'm, up. But. Yeah, I we, I know we had something a couple this weeks. This is why ago. we need. We need oh, it. I know what it was. It was a it was a taco in. Uh, oh, that's going right. In oh, yeah, that's right. That's next it. year it's coming. Just, next yeah. year. Yeah, I'm just yeah, yeah. It's just it goes along with all the. But you know, you you drive down south on 84th, south of that shopping center, mm-hmm. and start heading towards Lincoln Electric. I, the houses every week. There's more houses down down there between that and 70th Street and what is it Saltillo Road Saltillo. or well, whatever. I, I yeah. drive 84th now because 70th has been closed forever. You know this, Dave. Yeah. 70th has been closed to Saltillo, so yep. you've got to go on 84th Street if you're in that area. Yeah, so. it's there's a lot of homes coming in, so that explains you know that it can support some of these more. More office-y type things like dental and mm-hmm. other medical uses. Service-oriented. Service. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. Uh, show this weekend. No football games. What are we doing, Robin? We do. How to keep service workers working for you. We are going to bring service workers into our studio, interview them, ask them, why do you stay? What does your employer do that keeps you from leaving? Probably pay them tons of money. That would be one good strategy. Or, Just, or maybe they're nice to them. Well, yeah, I would still go with a quarter million a year. but <laughs> <laughs> Money and pennies and free coffee. Jack doesn't care about working environment at all. It's all the money. Well, for a quarter of a million, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the money. All right, Robin, Dave, thank you. Check out Girl Link on Facebook and Twitter if you have any questions about a building you see going up in your neighborhood and you're wondering about what the heck's that going to be. They probably know or can find out, so hit them up there. See you next week, guys. Have a good one. Thanks Take a lot. 25 on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does when he says, Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. All right, it is time to talk to Greg after the Nebraska Purdue game. We've got a lot of different stuff to get into here uh, here this week, though. So, Greg Sharp, voice of the Big Red, getting ready for a bye week. Uh, good morning, Greg. How are you doing today? Jack, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Uh, God, that Purdue game, my goodness. Like, I, I'm, I'm curious, uh, just sort of your general, you feel like, I don't quite know what the takeaway from that game is exactly. It could go so many different directions. It could be like, well, man, I thought they were kind of dead to rights in the first quarter, just the way that it looked like, and they fought back and had chances to win the game after that. But boy, you just had you had so many problems that were you know cropping up that you worry are going to be bigger problems going forward. But then on the other hand, Trey Palmer also looks unstoppable, so maybe everything's okay. Curious on just your takeaway now that you've had a week for that game to set in. Wow, if you liked offense, that was your game, right? Eleven hundred yards and all the points scored and. Kind of had the feeling in the fourth quarter, whoever had the ball last was probably going to win. And that's what it ended up being. And I'm surprised Purdue was able to drain the clock. They get it back with 5.55 left and just needed one stop to get the ball back. Because I just don't think Purdue knew how to stop Nebraska's passing game. It was an interesting matchup for the Huskers because for them to to move the ball, they had to take those deep shots because that's where their advantage was. The problem with that was we scored so quick that our defense is out there all night long, over 100 snaps to defend. And so it was a difficult matchup, heck of an entertaining game, but uh, just couldn't get that one last stop to get the ball back for Casey Thompson and the offense. I've I've designed a new play that I think I I think uh, Greg solves all the problems. Here it is, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna send it on to Mark Whipple here before the Illinois game. But what it is is it's about it's just a go pattern for Trey Palmer, and and the, you know there, there's no safety up top. You put it up, and then what he does is where things changes. He catches it, and then what he does is he comes back toward the line of scrimmage until he gets about 15 yards away from. From the line of scrimmage and then he slides down and it's first and 10 so it's a it's a 40 yard pass that goes for 15 yards and i think all of the problems are solved if we can do that that way you could drain some clock yes get the first down and drain two, two more minutes or something off of that you know i it was interesting because going into the rutgers game i thought nebraska needed to pass to set up the run well that they took that to heart for the purdue matchup because that's exactly what they did they really didn't try to establish much of a run game. Yeah. It was just, we, we know Trey can beat their guys deep. The way they're going to set up, we think we can hit those a lot, and we did, and, and that was really good. Casey, 
Casey had an interesting night because he made some good plays, but boy, did he miss some throws. Oh. Really, the two interceptions he threw were poorly thrown balls, and he missed Alante Brown wide open. Oh, in the back that Alante one. Yeah, that one still stings. That yeah. one still stings because if you get that, it feels like who knows, who knows what happens in this game. But like at the same time, you can't. I know there are some people saying, "Well, they need to establish the run more." Like, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do differently if the deep pass is working like it is. I mean, how do you not do that, Greg? <laughs> the object is to score, right? You've got to eventually just say, "We're going to score," and then we got to hope our defense makes a stop instead of you know right. not doing the thing that's working. Exactly, and that's the thing they identified during the week. They felt like they could beat Purdue secondary down the field, and they did constantly all night long. You kind of wonder why Purdue didn't roll a safety over and kind of play over the top. Thought that exact thing on about the uh, on about the third time that Palmer burned him deep, but yeah, right. yeah, and the and the fact that it was on film too the last two weeks. Right? I mean, yeah. both Indiana and Rutgers. I mean, the Rutgers one wasn't like a bomb, but. Every time that's happened in in, in the Indiana game, he had a bunch of times he was open and it didn't even get thrown his way. Like, at some point, what I kind of wonder, Greg, is if there's any chance at some point defenses have got, if they watch film, they've got to say, this is the way Nebraska's offense is beating people. We've got to adjust to it. And maybe my hope is, do you think that potentially, if and when defenses do that, that maybe opens the run game up a little bit more for Nebraska? Absolutely, and I think Illinois will do that. They've got two weeks to prepare. They're going to go, we're not letting that guy just get loose all day long. And, and then you adapt, you adapt back, and that's where Mark Whipple, and maybe you need to send him your play right now because he may have to implement that next week That's fine with Illinois. Here's the thing, Jack. We look at these next five games. Man, we're playing some really good defenses coming down the stretch. I mean, Illinois has just been phenomenal on that side of the ball. We know Michigan's great. Iowa's real. I mean, it, it's going to be hard to put point, a lot of points on the board here coming down the stretch of this season. And, and, and then I guess, what do you make of the defensive performance in terms of how it bodes for the rest of the year? Because, I mean, in all honesty, Purdue's offense is not going to look much like the most of the teams that Nebraska will face, especially the teams from the West the rest of the year. And, and and they're not going to be quite as dynamic of a passing attack as they are. But on the other hand, you still had, you know, you saw it. You had Maccabee, the, the walk-on, uh, who's a good running back, but he, you know, he went for a lot more than you want him to, and it, and it worries you a little bit um, when, when you go and you see even better running backs here going forward. What do you think that, how do you think this defense matches up now against the rest of the, the, the more running attacks are going to see going forward? Yeah, it's, it, it's a little nerve-wracking. Now, the good news is O'Connell's really good. We won't see a quarterback that accurate the rest yeah. Of the year. Even McCarthy at Michigan isn't that accurate. So that you don't have to worry about a guy just putting putting it on a dime, dropping it into a bucket like O'Connell did time and time again. Now, yeah, running the football, Huskers have had trouble defending that throughout the year. And they're gonna see Chase Brown next week with Illinois, who just had forty two carries in their game against Jeez. Minnesota last week, which just almost seems criminal to have a guy carry the ball that much. So how how help I guess my my response would be, would be a question back. How healthy is Nebraska right. going to be? Do they get Reimer back? I don't think they get Henrich back, but Ugh. do they get Reimer back at least to help that linebacking core out a little bit uh, moving forward? But totally different kind of attacks coming up in Illinois and Minnesota than what we saw from Purdue. And, and those two teams like to just kind of run some clock and shorten the game and limit the number of possessions. 
Well, that might actually help Nebraska a little bit in these two matchups. Right? Yeah, that it it, it very well could be. Yeah, um, yeah. You're, you, and Henrich went out, and and it like, sounds like not only what you you it, thought there, and what I've heard too, is that that may be a more extended type of thing. But uh, how different is this defense with just with Reimer in versus not Reimer in right now? Yeah, he's so fast. He just he just covers up a lot of mistakes because he's such a great athlete and great instincts for that linebacker spot. Just not having the combination of Nick and Luke is is going to be hurtful. But Reimer traveled to Purdue. I think they were hopeful that he might be able to go. But as he kind of went through the day on Saturday, it was pretty evident he wasn't going to play. So I, I think he gets back. I, I think again he because of his athletic ability and his just gamesmanship, he covers up some of your mistakes that you make on defense. So that'll be huge to get him back, particularly with Chase Brown and this Illinois offense coming in next week. And, you know, this thing could be a slugfest, but, hey, if Nebraska can make some plays in offense and, and get a couple of stops here and then, I think this could be a really interesting game next Saturday. What's your what's your gut feeling? I know Purdue's the only one that you've seen in person so far, but kind of you you look at that that top part of the Big Ten West in terms of Nebraska opponents. You've already played Purdue, uh, Illinois, uh, Minnesota. Both of those teams beat Minnesota. Now you've got kind of a different looking Wisconsin team, although they fall to Michigan State. What's your gut feeling on who the who, who the best team uh, of Nebraska's opponents are in in the West right now? That's a great, great question. I, I mean, Purdue's really gotten better. That, that's a good football team. And I, I pointed this out on the broadcast and, and also this week during Sports Highly. They won nine games last year, including beating Tennessee in a wild bowl game, yeah. uh, the Music City Bowl. And look look at Tennessee right now. They're in a, they're in a playoff. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Purdue is, is 64 seconds away from being undefeated. I think they're the most well-rounded team. Illinois, though, just has that toughness, that Bielma toughness that he had for years at Wisconsin. And they maybe are in the driver's seat. Those two play here in a couple weeks. That's going to be a real slugfest. I would lean toward Purdue because I just think the the better quarterback usually wins out. Yeah. But but Illinois has got toughness about them. I'm, I mean, if I had to pick right now, I'd still go. I, I I get it. I know there are people who say, well, you know, Nebraska. I think they actually devalue Purdue a little bit because Nebraska kept it close with them there at the end. But I think I would still because of the exact things you said, because of the strength of what we've seen them do so far, because of their uh, ability to be, by, be dynamic to have the better quarterback. Um, I kind of favor them, but it'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out. By week this week, um, I, I'm sure Casey Thompson is is excited to see that. Uh, how how much can just a bye week some time off? And I, I get it, Illinois gets it as well. But how much do you think this can produce kind of a refreshed-looking team here next week? Yeah, Casey's been in the cold tub for like four straight days. Yeah. I mean, he just needed it. He's just certainly been been beat up the last couple of weeks. But yeah, just to get some guys back, the coaches are going to be out. They, they practice up until now. They got today and tomorrow off. They're good. So the coaches are going to start scattering and go do recruiting. I love what Coach Joseph responded, Jack, a few weeks ago when they asked him about recruiting. He goes, we are recruiting like we're going to be the coaching staff next year. So that's what we're doing mm-hmm. because he goes, for me, he goes, I love the program. I'm a Husker through and through. So if I'm the guy, great. I want to get good players in here. If I'm not the guy, I want the I want the program to continue on and be successful. So they're they're getting busy doing that. The players get a couple days off to kind of clear their mind and catch their breath because here we go. It's the gauntlet now. It's a lot of physical teams on the schedule from here to the end of the year. So if you're beat up now, hang on because every week we're going to be playing teams that love to smash you. 
it's, it's going to be a black and blue finish to this season. It's going to be an interesting end of the season because, you know, you just don't know. I mean, a bowl game is still definitely possible, but, you know, you've, you've got you've to find the three wins in there. It could just be the three home games or else you're going to have to go on the road and get one of those wins. And then you have a season where you end up getting to a bowl game. Uh, on the other hand, all you know, all the opponents are either good enough or have had Nebraska's number historically that you probably could see a scenario where Nebraska comes up short in almost all or one of them. This is just uh, it's a weird place to be sort of at the end of the season right now where all of these things are still kind of on the table without crazy. The first half of the season is actually gone. You want to dream a little, and Jack, you have so many good friends in Iowa. How fun would it be if we get to that Black Friday game and both teams need a win to get to a bowl game? Oh, I mean, Iowa could be, be there, too? So I didn't fun. even think of that, so Iowa could need it, too. Wow. Uh-huh. I mean, wow. look, look at Iowa. I think what Iowa's 3-3. Three and three. They play at Ohio State this week. They're a big-time underdog there. Yeah. So, and they still have to play Purdue. They still have to play Wisconsin. They still, I mean, so, yeah, that would be so much fun. And how much? We'd all be jacked for that game if there was a bull bit on the line for that thing on Black Friday. God. Let's hope that's kind of the way it plays just, out. That's just cool. Give me wins. I don't know, just give me wins against Wisconsin and Iowa this year, please. That I mean, I feel like that and then maybe pop one other one in there and go to a bull and that would be that would be good. Hey, uh you uh boy Trev was on your uh your show the other night. You finally got the uh the golden answer that all the media has been trying to get for so long in terms of the uh the unnamed metrics, which he you know, he, he came out and he, he sort of laid out which was going to have to come out anyway i'm just curious greg it's interesting because the whole saga of this thing with with media trying to figure it out and all of us talking and speculating it like i thought it was going to be this i don't know what i thought it was going to be some sort of uh something that was going to be very exotic or something that you know you wouldn't want the public to know or something and then he comes out and he's showing he's like yeah it was you know six games in a bowl game my reaction was like oh really that's it that was it. This is what we've been doing all this stuff for. I'm curious what you know, what that process was like for you and what your reaction was. Well, we were fortunate that the the ruling came out that afternoon. It was perfect timing for him to have this monthly show with right. us and right here on KLIN uh, a couple of nights ago. But you know, you think about it, we were coming off of a three and nine season. So if you know to put a metric of you got to win eight or whatever, six was probably reasonable to get this team back into postseason play and, and start to build a lot. So I think you sit there and go, well, that was really reasonable. He really gave Coach Frost a shot at, at having this thing uh, move forward. And, and obviously it didn't work out, and Nebraska's moved on from there. But, you know, I asked him, I followed up with that. I said, well, do you have to then reveal what you've done with Fred Hoiberg for basketball with it starting here real soon? He said, you know, we don't have any written agreement. We just talked about it. He said, so Fred kind of knows where I stand on this thing, but he goes, we don't have to release anything because there wasn't anything in writing. He said Scott Frost and his people wanted something in writing, and so that's why the FOIA was filed, and that's why they were uh, eventually, the court said you do need to reveal that out. But I, I thought Fred was great, again, was being transparent about what it was he wanted and expected out of Scott Frost. Um, Nebraska basketball does get going. It's it's an ex- exhibition game against Shadron, but we'll have seen them uh, and and since uh, before the next time that we talk. Uh, you know, I'm I'm curious what I'm curious what this team looks like with with Greasel at point guard and and that whole thing. Uh, and I'm curious about what the the newcomers are going to bring and what kind of players they are. Anything you'd add to that in terms of what you want to kind of see and learn about uh, Nebraska? And, and you know, you may not get too much in an exhibition game, but what you'll be wondering about for the Coming into that game, stylistically, it's just going to look different. I mean, Fred Hoiberg's is known for those free flowing offenses. This team is going to be built on how they do on the defensive end and how they 
take care of the ball and rebound. And those have been areas we've not been very good at in the past. So it's going to look different. And be careful. I mean, I remember last year, Nebraska looked lights out in that Colorado exhibition. Everybody's like, you know, making Sweet 16 reservations. <laughs> so be careful what you put, good or bad, on these exhibition yeah. games. But, man, it's crazy, Jack, that they're playing this weekend. I know. Uh, October third. I know. Yeah. So they'll have two exhibition games, and then they've got the they're going to Colorado, right before they get the regular season started. If I recall the, the schedule correctly, back to back Sunday games, Shadron okay. this week, and then they go to Colorado, and then they have eight days off before the opener with uh, Maine uh, on a on a Monday night. Yeah, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. It's crazy. We'll be out at, at PBA very soon, and and uh, listening to basketball games here on on KLIN, and then uh, women's team getting recognized for what they did last year. Even you know, you wonder how much it would have changed or not changed. You know, if Sam Hybe and you know, I don't. I'm not going to keep bringing that up the whole year, but it's so disappointing that that she isn't going to be able to play this year. But um, I think Nebraska women's basketball just got a lot of respect for what they were able to do last year, and and the returning starters. I was. I was a little surprised to actually see them um, in those ratings. Not that they didn't deserve it, but uh, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I chuckled because remember last year they couldn't get ranked. And you're mm-hmm. going, come on, they got a great record. That's why, and yeah. They couldn't get in. And then here they are. You mentioned the Hybe injury, and yet they still put him in there. So a lot of times preseason rankings are on what did you do last year. I think people, that's fresh in everybody's mind. But I think that's going to be a good, fun team to watch. But speaking of fun to watch, how about that? Uh, demolishing of the Boilermakers last night on the volleyball court. It's, My goodness, does John Cook get that team playing? It's un. I mean, between that and that Penn State, that third set against uh, oh. Penn State. I mean, they are. There were times last night, and I know the score didn't look like a blowout, but if if you if people actually watched or even listened to that game, I, I, you had a sense in Nebraska. Just it was it was kind of a different level last night. And they've been playing at a little, and I know what I, I have Baylor on my show on Tuesdays and I know Greg, he's going to come in and he's, he's going to say, you don't want to peak too early. You don't want to peak too early with this team. It matters in December, but man, if they've got another gear above this, um, you know, they're obviously going to be in the national title discussion. Once I, again, I've had, I have a feeling, and I know Texas lost last night to Iowa state, but I just, my gut says we're headed for a showdown with Nebraska and Texas at the Final Four oh, in Omaha in December. I just think that's where this thing is headed. Man, that would be awesome if it comes down to that. And uh, man, it's going to be fun the next six weeks watching that team. They've looked so good the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and uh, they do have they have Illinois uh, Illinois coming up this yep. weekend, but it's hard not to look ahead as a fan to Wednesday night and the late start eight o'clock against uh, against Wisconsin and the national championship remix a rematch. So that will be fascinating. You'll get I mean you'll get a real road. You'll if if they can do that one. Um, if if they can go into Wisconsin get a win, uh, unbeaten Big Ten ta- uh, schedule is probably on the table to discuss. I think that's fair at that point if they can do that. Wow! And think about that. Yeah. This league is so good. If this team could do something like that, that would be yeah. an amazing feat. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I'm. I don't think that's hyperbole. I just. I mean, I legitimately mm-hmm. think they're they're playing that well uh, right now. All right, uh, what do we have going on on uh, sports? I know it's a bye week. But what do we have going on on sports nightly here tonight? John Cook tonight. The volleyball Ooh. show got moved from Tuesday to Thursday because they traveled on Tuesday. So he'll be in studio hour two tonight to recap that one and get ready for yet another trip to Illinois to face 
Another one of his old assistant coaches, Coach Thomas, runs that Illinois program. Yep. So it should be fun to hear him tonight. And he's going to have one of his players probably above him at number one in, in uh, Danny Buspoon's Louisville Cardinals uh-huh. uh, as well. Yeah, the Nebraska, coach, Nebraska coaching tree all over the top 25. Uh, all right, hey, great to talk to you, Greg. Enjoy the, uh, enjoy the weekend off, and uh, we will jump in again on Thursday and get ready for Nebraska and Illinois, all right? Thanks, Jack. There you go, Greg Sharp. Voice of the Big Red. Right here on KLIN, also Sports Nightly. You can hear him there. Take a break, wrap up the show after this on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. All right. Fantasy Huskers picks. Who did people take with their picks today? Allen goes with TCU. Oh, he's got to cheer. He's got to cheer for the Frogs against Adrian. Well, I guess Adrian could still do well. Yeah. They just need to Just win. get a shootout. Yeah. Okay. Natalie M going with Cincinnati. I like that pick for Natalie. I like that pick. If, if Tennessee doesn't just steamroll their way to it, I think that Cincinnati is a sneaky good pick there. That's a good pick at eight. Two more picks available tomorrow. Listen for the keywords at 635 and 810, and we will be here with your Friday Husker tailgate tomorrow. Bye week edition. Mike Schaefer will join us. We'll delve more back into the uh, into the coaching search a little bit and where we kind of all said Caleb Caleb and I updated our top five list yesterday. We'll see how Mike Schaefer's thoughts have kind of changed as time as elapsed during the season. We'll look back at Nebraska and Purdue. We'll give out our helmet stickers. We'll just all together have a very good time. And don't forget if you've uh, never watched the show. Which it's, it's TV show too on the internet. Uh, you can go to the Facebook page, the KLIN Facebook page, and we broadcast it live there. So you can you can watch, you can interact, you can hear us during the breaks, and more. Always have a good time doing that. So that is it for the show today. Right now we've got a temperature of forty four degrees. Forty four degrees already. Oof. High in the mid seventies, eighties on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Maybe record highs on Sunday. So that is uh that's looking nice for a cool off once again. All right, have a great day everybody. It is nine o'clock on Lincoln's News and Talk, fourteen hundred KLIN Lincoln.